And now, again, as we've already introduced them, would you please welcome uh, Mike Keyes to Heritage Church this morning. Give him a good welcome. How many love Jesus? Me too. I do too. Praise the Lord. Thank you for having us back. This is, I believe, our third trip, our third visit. Uh, you may, Pastor did not mention this, but we actually met in the Philippines. Uh, he came on a, with another group uh, to do crusade work, of which we were a part of that. And so we got to meet in uh, November of 2015. Uh, that's how our relationship was uh, birthed. And so from then until now, we've developed a very uh, good and godly friendship, and we have great respect for your pastors. This is a wonderful church. Let me repeat, for those of you that didn't hear me, this is a wonderful church. Amen. It really is. Trust me when I tell you, I travel every weekend in different places, and you have a wonderful thing going on here for the Lord. So praise the Lord. Don't leave. The doors are locked. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. As Pastor mentioned, we, uh, when we talked about this service this year, uh, a couple months ago, uh, Pastor requested that we uh, take some time to share with you more of what we actually do over there because uh, the church is involved with what we do, and we've got young people and not-so-young people going on these mission tours now, uh, thanks to the efforts of Chris and Linda Lammert to or- orchestrate everything, get that all going for us. Uh, so we're very grateful for that. Um, as well as uh, Mark and Sonia Freeman sitting right next to them. They are now new members of the church, and trust me when I tell you, you're a better church for having them with you. Trust me when I tell you. Um, anyway, he requested that we spend time uh, you know, talking about the Crusades that you guys are uh, supporting, and many of you are now actively involved with. And so I suggested, well, why don't we just do a crusade service here. Why don't we just do one and allow the tour group members to participate? And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to uh, basically do one, uh, and you get to be the unsafe people. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And the sick people, maybe you are, and you need to be healed. Well, you're in the right place. Jesus is the doctor, and he is in. Praise the Lord. And he doesn't just practice medicine. He heals people. He doesn't need to practice. So... Just basically to go over what we do before we do it. Uh, Every year when the tour groups arrive, we have three every summer, one in June, one in July, and one in August. The August group will be a large part comprised from this church. Uh, On the first day, we have an orientation, an orientation day when everybody has arrived. They've unpacked their things. They're just trying to acclimate to the different climate, the humidity, whatever. So we have a meeting. So we go over everything with them. Uh, for the veterans, and they know what's coming, but there are many new people, so we want to go over everything with them too. So basically, these services, I'll just kind of read through my notes, the notes that I use when I sit down with them on that first day, the orientation day. Um, Basically, every crusade service we do, there are five parts to it, okay? There is the praise and worship part. There is the salvation service. There's the healing service, that's three. And then number four would be testimonies. We invite the healed people to come up and share after they have been healed. And then finally, we have a food giveaway where we uh, advertise in advance that we will be giving away some food, some you know, uh, cans of sardines, uh, little small bags of rice, and possibly... And we have a raffle, and somebody could win uh, you know, a grand prize of a thermos or something that to us is a very minimal piece of 
you know, possession of any kind, but to them it means a lot. Many of these people have nothing, and they come from their huts and their village places, and they have nothing, and so what we offer is very meaningful to them. So anyway, that's at the end. Uh, so uh, we go over this, and basically the, 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 the group that is there, I, I will just emphasize to them, I said, look, we're not here to bash Catholics because the, the country is 91% Catholic, okay? You know, God knows what he's doing because I'm a former Catholic and so is my wife. And so we know how they think because we were raised in it. I mean, I know exactly where they're coming from. So God takes advantage of that, you know. And so uh, I, I tell people, look, this is not a teaching format here. We're not trying to present line upon line, precept upon precept here. We are just proclaiming the truth about how much Jesus loves these people. He doesn't care whether they're Catholic or Protestant. He just knows that they're lost and they need to be saved. And that's why we're here. We're here as Christians. And so as a result, don't get, in, don't get bogged down with a bunch of teaching and, and verses that you've got to try to collate in your head. Just leave all of that alone. That's for the pastors and for follow-up. That's what we have pastors there for. They teach them and train them. They follow my lead. We give them outlines for follow-up. They follow that later. But for you, just relax and share the gospel with people. Don't put any pressure on yourself, okay? Uh, you may not have gone to a Bible school. You may not know that much about the Bible. You don't need to know that much about the Bible. Just share the verses and let the power of the spoken word do its work. Amen. Just to share. And if you have a testimony, use that as an example. Nobody can take your testimony from you. It's yours. You know it happened because it happened to you. Okay, so I share that with them, okay? I tell them, keep, keep the preaching positive. No teaching, no heavy emphasis on sin or false religions or references made to, you know, the Pope is the Antichrist and we all need to be set free from all that. You know, listen, people come with all kinds of baggage. You just don't know what denomination they're hooked up with. And we know better from this group, but I mean, we, come, we have people coming from all over the place. So we just want to, you know, level the playing field before we get started, make sure that nobody's out there with particular issues that they need to share with the people that are coming, okay? They don't need to know. They're biblically illiterate. You don't have to pile on a bunch of verses. You can read a few if you wish, but you don't even have to do that. God knows his word, and when you're preaching it, he'll honor it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So we tell people to take the pressure off themselves, just relax, and enjoy the experience. That's basically, you know, we tell people, don't be so nervous, just let's go out there and, and obey God. Yeah. And if we get shot at, he'll miss. Mm. Praise the Lord, and you'll, be up, you'll have a testimony to talk about. Praise <laughs> the Lord. So, uh, basically the groups that go uh, are, are uh, separated into groups of five. Let's say there's 25 people on the tour. We'll have five groups going out simultaneously each day. If there's 20 people, we'll have four groups going out simultaneously each day. We split them up by, by uh, team members, staff members, interpreters. We have five different sets of vehicles going out if it's five groups. And each day, as an example, there are five crusades taking place simultaneously if that's the size of the group. If it's a smaller group, then we have a smaller contingent going out, and we divide them up into groups of five or six at the most. Last year, when uh, many of your team members went, we were able to preach uh, in the three services, I mean three tours, uh, to over 6,800 souls in those three tours, okay? And uh, yeah, praise the Lord. And of those 6,800 souls we talked to about Jesus, 6,200 of them got saved. Amen. Amen. I tell you, great is his faithfulness. Morning by morning. And so every morning we do go out. 
we go out in the mornings, we, you know, beat in the bushes, you know, we knock on doors, we go into the marketplaces, we interrupt the vendors while they're selling their fish or their rice or their commodities, whatever. We just talk to them about Jesus, and we invite them to come back that afternoon to the crusade service, okay? So we're out in the morning, knocking on doors, going into the villages, going street by street, wherever we're going. We go out into the boonies, out into the rice fields, we go all over the place, and uh, we're inviting people to come. Okay, and I tell the tour group people when they go, the participants, if you feel led to pray when you're out there, go for it. Pray for people because many times they come knocking on doors and there's someone bedfast, bedridden in there. I'll say, just go in there and pray with them. Don't wait for the crusade. Just do it right then. And we've had many miracles take place in the homes of the people who come, you know, or who are approached and, and where we go to their house and then we get testimonies later that afternoon. They got healed and they come to the crusade and share their good news with all of us. And so basically that's what we do. So what we're going to do to start with is uh, we have the five groups, okay, and the service starts with praise and worship, okay, and then the salvation, the praise and worship, we'll do that in just a minute. We'll, we'll actually sing a song for you that we sing over there where everybody gets to participate and you get to sing along because you're the unsaved people today. So we're going to be talking to you like you just showed up at a crusade service, okay? And, uh, you know, you're going to hear the gospel the way we share it with them. And we're going to sing a song in a minute that you can participate in. It's all in Cebuano, which is the language of my wife, which is the language of that particular part of the Philippines, okay? And we'll have it up on the screens, front and back, so you can see it in Cebuano as we sing it. And you can see the, the English meaning of the words below. So you have an idea of what you're singing when you're singing it. So we'll do that in just a second. But we break up the services. We'll do two or three testimonies. Let's say the group is five. So each group will have one main speaker every day. And it's up to the group because we, we change the groups every day. We mix them up. There's not one group for six days. We mix it up every day. So everybody gets a chance to work with everybody else. And so we just, you know, you get some friendships and meet new people, all that stuff. But each day, the groups that are assigned are responsible for picking one person in that group to share the salvation message and another person to share the healing message. Then the others, let's say there's five in the group, that would be three other people, okay? They are just requested to come up and share a brief testimony about what God has done for them with his salvation, about how he ministered to them in that way, or if it's healing, uh, how they got healed themselves. We give them that chance, okay? So what we're going to do after we sing is we'll have a couple of you folks, the tour group veterans, come up, or even some of those that are not veterans I see on my list. We have one coming for this first time this year, Luke. He will be sharing. Also, um, you know, we'll let them share, and then I'll share. I'll be the main speaker, obviously without the interpreter. Everything is interpreted over there. We have a Filipino standing right by the speaker, and whatever you say, they interpret into Cebuano, because obviously we don't have to do that today. I'll be the main speaker for both healing and the salvation services. So that's how this thing's going to go. So having said that, I want my tour group veterans to please come up. Let's, ha let's hear it for the tour group people. Amen. All right. And my lovely wife, will be the one to lead the group. Now, everybody stand up, because, you know, in the crusade, they're all standing. We'll have them stand up, okay? And we're going to sing one of many songs. We don't sing just this song, but we sing this one for sure every time, because it's the icebreaker. It's the one that everybody just loves to sing, and everybody gets involved, and they're all dancing and singing. We're moving our feet. We're moving our hands, you know, so you guys move your feet, move your hands with us and participate because we want them all to get involved with what we're doing. So Ethel will lead. 
Sonia is also a good leader for this. Sonia here and Mark. And so, Emily, why don't you step forward, dear? Don't be, don't be shy hiding behind Sonia. I see you there. Okay. All right, here we go, everybody. This is the song we sing, and this is how we sing it. And there are the words up on the screen, okay? Te'il is your foot. Te'il. You twist your foot. Twist your foot. We, we go over this with the Filipinos, okay? singers and musicians. Thank you, Father. Amen. So at that point, by the way, when this starts happening, I mean, all the Filipinos just jump into this. They really enjoy the fellowship, the the camaraderie. They just, you know, all the barriers are broken. You know, they're not so worried about who these people are anymore. That That song right there is a great icebreaker for getting people involved with the service and uh, just trusting us, you know, that we're not out there to just criticize them or to browbeat them. We're here to help. We're here to uh, bless them. And uh, so that song, and then, you know, when, when we have our staff with them, not just the Americans are up doing this, but the whole staff are up there doing this. And it's a real, real wonderful and anointed way for them to feel at ease with what we are doing out there in the villages and the towns, wherever the Lord leads us. Okay? So at this point, then the team leader, which of course today is me, then I'll ask you know the designated 
uh, testimony sharers to come up and share a brief, you know, three, four, five minute testimony about what the Lord has done for them. So for the second service, we have Brother Luke. There he is. This is this will be his first time over. So here we go. Okay, Luke, go for it, bro. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I turned it off. Let me turn it back on. I think. Yeah, I'm working on it. There it is. Green. Sorry. Hello, my name is Luke, as you probably heard. Uh, and today I'm talking about uh, my testimony. <laughs> Sorry, that took a while. Uh, so I was in the church since I was born. I was, I've been in the church for 16 years. I'm 15, by the way. Um, uh, that wasn't an original joke. Where's Dev? <laughs> but uh, I was not born, born again, if you, if you catch my drift. <laughs> uh, I, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but there was still something I didn't understand, and that was God's grace. Uh, I always tried to improve myself, and I thought I could just do that by my own will. I didn't realize God would always love me no matter what. I knew it, but I didn't believe it. And I think part of that stopped me from wanting to reach out to people because I didn't think I was good enough to do it. I thought God was looking for someone perfect, and I just thought I couldn't cut it. But God isn't looking for perfect people. He's looking for faithful people. He's looking for people who are willing to do his job. And me just believing I wasn't good enough stopped me from reaching people. And something we all have to realize is God will love you no matter what. He has a plan for you, and he made you for a purpose. It doesn't matter if you're not perfect. He's just looking for someone faithful. He's looking for someone to do his job. And he made you for a purpose. All right? You can't just sit back and say, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect. I can't do this. No one's perfect. But... God didn't have perfect people doing his work, all right? Like, there are some pretty sketchy people in the Bible, uh, <laughs> but, but God still used them. It doesn't matter that they weren't perfect. They were faithful, and they were willing to go through with God's plan. And, and so should all of you be. We should all be willing to go through God's plan, despite us not being perfect. And that's something I had to realize. That's something I had to look deep within myself. I, I know I'm not perfect. And my shame stopped me. My shame from what I've done stopped me. But I had to realize that God is a graceful God. And he's willing, and he's willing to use me. Amen. Amen. Good. Thank you. Very good. Yep. So that's a good example of what we ask from the, the testimony sharing. You know, it doesn't have to be a book. Just a, a encapsulated concise explanation of why they are here, why they have come to share. They got to have a testimony to talk about, and everybody has one, okay? So again, I tell people, just take the pressure off of yourself and just share from your heart. 
and that's what we do in these crusades as much as we can. Once that's finished, then I, being the main speaker, will get back up. Now, in the Philippines, it would be with an interpreter, but since we don't need that today, I'm just, I'm on my own. Pray for me. So, I'm really kind of nervous. No. But we've done this since 1980. We've done thousands of these. So we have learned certain passages in the Bible resonate with people. You could go to all kinds of stories in the Bible. There are plenty of them, but there are certain ones that just lend themselves to a crusade outreach, okay? I shared in the first service with, uh, from Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20, the Great Commission, where we talk about you know, the good news of the gospel. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go somewhere else this morning here in second service. So once again, I'm the main speaker, and you are the people I'm talking to. So I get up, okay, and we go from here, all right? So I'm talking to you now as if I'm talking to a group of Filipinos who are there for the very first time, okay? So we've come today to talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that we're not here as Catholics or Protestants. We're not here as religious people. We're here because Jesus loves you and has sent us to come and talk to you about the good news of salvation. I want you just to relax and listen to what I have to say because I'm holding in my hand a copy of God's Word. And this word has a message for you. And that message for you is that Jesus loves you. And God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All right? So I'm going to read to you from the Bible. I'm going to read a story to you from the word of God. Listen to what I have to say. Okay, listen to what I have to say. And then we're going to talk about what we're reading from the Bible. Okay? So at that point, I start talking from this passage. Okay? Mark chapter 2. Verse 1, and by the way, as I'm, I'm speaking, you know, I'll stop every so often and let the interpreter interpret, okay? So that's a dynamic there that we don't have to deal with today. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, and again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was, no, that was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no room, no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come in or come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, saying, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were reasoning thus within themselves. He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise and take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and they glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. We have traveled the Philippines for, at this point, 40 years. We've gone all over the country. We've gone north, south, east, and west. We've been on all the islands. We've been in the big cities. We've been in the little villages like this one here today with you. The same Jesus who traveled with us then is the same Jesus who's with us today. And I have seen with my own eyes people carried to our meetings who walk home in the name of Jesus. I have seen with my own eyes people getting off of stretchers healed in the name of Jesus. I have seen 
Polio victims, crippled with legs that look like pretzels, drop their crutches and leave and walk off that stage healed in the name of Jesus. And I am here to tell you that that same Jesus who did those things is the same Jesus that can do this thing, whatever that thing is that you need him to do today. But I want you to pay attention to what Jesus did here in the story that we have read. When they first brought the paralytic to Jesus, Jesus didn't address the issue physically. He said, your sins are forgiven. His emphasis was upon the inner man rather than the outer man. So we're here to start with an emphasis on the inner man within you. You need to remember or understand if you've never been told that you are a spirit living in a body. I cannot see you. I can see the body you are living in, but I cannot see you. You live on the inside. The body is God's earth suit for you to live in while you are down here. But when that earth suit dies, you don't die. You go home. If Jesus is your Lord, you go up. If he's not your Lord, you go down. And whichever way you go, you're going forever. There is no parole for people in hell. There's no second chance, no uh, do-overs. You're either in or you're out. And the choice is made while you live inside of your earth suit. When you leave your body, the power of choice is removed from you. You don't choose after you step out from your body. The power of choice is your greatest weapon, and you have it as long as you live inside of the body that I see you living in now. When you die and they bury your body, you're not buried. You go home based upon the choices you made while you lived in that body. So I'm here to tell you that if you've never received Jesus, you can be a Catholic and you can go straight to hell. You can be a Protestant and go straight to hell. I was a Catholic and I was ready to go straight to hell until somebody told me that I needed to be born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't say you must become a Catholic. You must become a Protestant. He said, no, no, no. You must be born again. Born again. That means you make Jesus the Lord of your life. And you can go to the church wherever you want to go. But at the end of the day, you better be sure that Jesus is Lord of your life. You better have made sure that you made him the Lord of your life. That's not church attendance. That's not being a good person. That's receiving the free gift of salvation. You can't pay for your sins. I can't pay for my sins. We all needed a savior because we couldn't save ourselves. And guess what? Jesus did it for us on the cross. He paid the price. All we have to do today is to receive the free gift that God is offering to every single person anywhere at any time, no matter what country, culture, nationality, level of education, it doesn't matter to God. If you are living and breathing, you have choices to make, and they will determine your eternal destiny up or down when you die. Whichever way you go, you're going forever. So we're here to give you the good news that all your sins have been paid for paid for. Jesus paid for your sins. You couldn't pay for your own. He paid. I couldn't pay for my own. He paid. Okay. So we need to recognize and understand there is only one sin left that Jesus did not pay for. One sin. And that's the sin of rejecting him. That's the only sin that sends a man to hell. The only sin is left that he won't pay for and did not pay for. He leaves that choice up to each person. They choose to receive the free gift or reject the free gift. You're here today, here's your choice. Do not assume you have a tomorrow. You could be dead before the sun goes down or dead before the sun comes up. 
And if we had one more chance to talk to the people in hell and give them a chance to receive Jesus, hell would be emptied in the next 15 seconds. But they will never get that chance because they're lost and they'll be lost forever. Do not gamble with your soul. Do not gamble with your eternal destiny because wherever you go, you're there forever. I made my choice. We're here to talk to you about you making your choice today. So I'm going to ask, because it's a simple question. How many want to go to heaven when they die? Raise your hand. Okay. And this is, this is the response we get overseas. Everybody's hand goes up. And then I say, you know, how many people want to go to hell when they die? Raise your hand. I see no hands. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but not everybody is ready to go because not everybody has done what we're talking about here, which is what Jesus addressed when he talked to the man and said, your sins are forgiven. Let's talk about that issue first. And then if you need healing, we'll talk about healing because he did minister to the paralytic and the man did go home healed. But that's not the priority. The priority is the condition of the human spirit. That's what we're here to talk about first of all. Now, if you want to go to heaven, this is very simple. It's not complicated. It's not religious. It's very, very easy. The Bible says you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins. You believe that. You confess him. You make him Lord of your life. Your sins are wiped away. They're not held against you, and you're in. And if you died 10 minutes after you gave him your heart, you go straight to heaven. Your past is not an issue. Your future is the issue. Your future is the issue, not your past. So we're going to pray here, and I am going to give you an opportunity to change direction if you're going in the wrong direction. You can change it by the power of your free will. The devil does not want you to do this, but God has invited you to enjoy the free gift of salvation. So if you raised your hand and you said you wanted to go to heaven, stand to your feet. Now at this point, And I want to emphasize this. We do not ask people if they want to receive Jesus. We compel them. We say, you are going to follow me. You are going to follow. Okay? And they will follow. They're just wanting, people need to be led. Okay? So I'll say to them, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to confess. I'm going to lead. You follow out loud. The Bible says, with our heart we believe. With our mouth we confess. Heart, mouth. Okay, so you don't just stand there listening to me. You say something. You seal the deal in your heart the way God said that you need to seal the deal and speak out your intent to receive him as Lord and Savior. I will speak. Our interpreter will share it in Cebuano. Then you follow in Cebuano out loud to the Lord. And I want to hear you when you say it. Don't just mumble this. Say it boldly because you mean what you're going to say and you want to receive what Jesus is offering to you today. Does everyone understand me? Let's say this together. Follow after me. You're not talking to me. You're talking to the Lord, and he is listening. So don't be thinking about whatever else is going on in your life. You just just tune all that out right now, and you're talking to the Son of God, and all of heaven is waiting to receive you. And they're going to be shouting and jumping in just a moment, but you just talk to Jesus one-on-one, and you'll be thinking about what you're saying. Here we go. You follow after me, and then the interpreter will say it and say, bueno, and they'll follow after him, but for English today only, okay? Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, that you died on a cross, paid for my sins, and rose from the dead. So today, I make my choice, and forever, Beginning today, today, I choose choose 
to receive you as the Lord of my life. I'm sorry for my sins, but I receive total forgiveness, and I'm never looking back. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Amen. Amen. Now let's clap and give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, while you're standing, we have workers available, and they will be passing out to you these pamphlets that we've uh, created in your language that will help you understand what you just did. You have been born again. You may not fully understand it, but the verses and the pamphlet will help you understand what you just did. All of heaven is rejoicing. You should be rejoicing. So everybody take these as our staff will pass them out and then have a seat, and then we'll talk about healing, which is what we read from the Bible there. Uh, just a minute ago. So at that point, people have the pamphlets in their hand that we've printed for them, and I'll say to them, okay, put those away. Don't start reading them now because, you know, people being people, they're going to start opening it up and reading. And I say, just put that away for now. We're not done. We still have uh, things to take care of here today. So you read that when you go home, and you share it with your family members and others that weren't here. You just make sure they read what you're reading because that benefits them as well as you. Now, remember, what we read from the Bible, from Mark chapter 2, Jesus ministered salvation necessity first, followed by physical healing next, all right? So if you're here today and you are sick and you need healing, then we are in the right place because Jesus is the healer, and the same thing he's done all over the Philippines with blind people, dead people, crippled people being healed in our crusades, he's going to do the very same thing for you today. But I want you to remember what we read from the Bible. The Bible says when the men carried the paralyzed man to Jesus, the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. He didn't see my faith. He saw their faith. He didn't see his own faith. He saw their faith. Your faith can bring healing to you. Your faith can bring healing, and I don't care what the doctor said to you, and I don't care what the family history says to you, and I don't care what the devil says to you. God said that by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. And he said to this guy, first of all, your sins are forgiven, but what's easier for me to say? Your sins are forgiven or take up your bed and go home. But that you may know that I've got authority to forgive sins, buddy, take up your bed and go home. And in the presence of all these people, the man that couldn't walk folded up his bed and walked right out of that room in the name of Jesus, completely healed. That same Jesus is here today. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before we do, we have some testimonies of other people in our group that have also been healed. They've received the power of God just like you're going to receive it in a minute. And so I want Sister Sonia to come up and share with us just what Jesus has done for her. Hello, guapos y guapas. That means hello, beautiful and handsome people. Ako si Sonia. My name is Sonia. And I always say gihi gugma. Which means I love you. I always tell them that I love them because to receive the promises of Jesus, to appropriate them, first they have to believe he's a good God and that he does love them. And honestly, today, that's what we're here to tell you as well, that we love you. And we don't go to the Philippines to make our name great. We go to the Philippines to make his name great. This is my fourth year going, and I'm going because I I was a dead person. I'm a double murderer. I'm a double murderer. I aborted two of my children in my youth. So if you think you have to be perfect, the sketchy people you're talking about, Luke, you're looking at it right here. He turned a double murderer into a missionary. 
That's what he does. Yes. Yes. And Mike Keyes was talking about paralytics coming in on stretchers. That's where my heart was. Because even though God forgave me of my abortions, I still had a broken heart from the violence that abortion is because your children are ripped out of you. And there's, it's violence. There's a violence that goes through. Even though I was under anesthesia, I truly believe that violence was still left in my body. So in, in a sense, you could picture I was brought in on a stretcher inside. And some of you do not have stuff on the outside. Or honestly, some of the stuff inside of you is making you sick on the outside. Amen. You know, some of our um, addictions and stuff. If we were to get all that stuff, like Mike said, he works from the inside out. And so some of us come in paralytic on the inside. And God, that's what he did for me. He healed me and turned me into a missionary. My two daughters were both going to be aborted. My younger daughter's uh, adopted, and her mom was going to abort her. Her mom was a drug uh, addict. She died about four years ago of a drug overdose. And God used me to save her. He turned me into a life giver instead of a life taker. My husband, who's here with me today, had testicular cancer when he was a young man, and he hopefully one day at Heritage he'll share that testimony. But they did the first surgery initially, and it and the cancer, the, you know, he was believing for his healing. They did a surgery to remove the cancer, and then they found more cancer. And a lot of people, when that happens, is like, well, I went to the doctor and nothing happened. I guess God's not working, and they give up and they go curl up in their little fetal position. Not my stubborn husband. I don't like his stubbornness all the time as a husband, but praise God, he's like a dog with a bone with the word of God, and he wouldn't let gloomy people into his hospital room. When they'd come in, oh, God, Mark, get out, get out, get him out. He told his parents, don't let them in my room. I don't want any gloomy people sending me to hell with their faces and their lack of faith. He held on to that faith, and honestly, he had more, they found more tumors on his spine of cancer through the x-rays and through blood work and they did an eight-hour surgery and in the philippines he many times do you want to lift up your shirt <laughs> he has a huge scar right here because they actually had to cut through one of his ribs to get through his spine to get to those tumors but praise god when they opened him up there were no tumors there I will never give a golf clap. That's why I love this church. I, don't, I love when he says that because, like, for God's sake, people. I was a double murderer. Do you know what we have in salvation? Come on. No golf claps around here. Jesus. Come on. People were dead in their sin. It's a miracle that they're not. He is faithful. He is faithful. If you just bring a mustard seed of faith, Abraham, against all hope, in hope believed. Against all hope. Do you have something today that's against all hope? Do you raise your hand right now? If you have something that's against all hope, your child isn't coming to the Lord. You've got some kind of report from the doctor. Is it against all hope? Well, what do you do? In hope you believe. In hope you believe. You stay in hope. Why? Abraham trusted that God was able to do what he actually said. We have become so complacent receiving the reports of doctors. The thing about the Philippines, they don't have doctors. They don't have the money. Gosh, I brought some cream for somebody that had hemorrhoids over there. She couldn't even afford it. 
$20 for a tube of, of hemorrhoid medicine. They can't afford $20 tube. So you know what? When you tell them that Jesus heals, that mustard seed of faith is enough. They don't know the Bible. They don't even know who Jesus is many times. But when they give that mustard seed of faith, that's why we see the miracles. And here in America, we've become too dependent on drug companies that we're making them rich while they're sending us to, to, to death. Read all the side effects of a lot of the drug stuff that we take. My friend just died three weeks ago. They gave her drug drug. Drugs to help her accept her lungs. She had a double lung transplant, but the drugs killed her liver. So the drugs that were helping to receive her lungs killed her liver. Read the side effects of your drugs and, and turn your eyes towards the Lord. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the God that heals. My whole family has gone to the Philippines. Not because we are anything but sketchy people, Luke. He uses the sketchy he uses the, the, the weakest and the goofiest. And trust me, when you get to know me, you're going to wish I wasn't at your church. Um, he uses the lowest things of the world. And that's where I qualify. I qualify. You qualify. You qualify for him to touch you if you'll just give him a mustard seed of faith. I don't know what we're supposed to do because usually in the Philippines we'd call everybody up to be healed. But I, are we doing something else? Well, 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 you can call them up. You're doing fine by what I mean. This is my dad here, and that's another thing. My dad isn't saved, but the Lord has brought me a, a spiritual father, and He's just healed every part of me because I don't have a father to give me wisdom. I don't have a father to speak words of faith over me, but Pastor Dab and Bill, who's praying for my... I mean, he brings you, he puts everything in your life that you don't have. He fills in all the voids, and I had so many of them. And I just want you to believe in this God that we're preaching about, that Pastor Dab preaches about every single week. You don't have to go to the Philippines. I wish you would. I wish you would to see their faith. Amen. You don't have to convince people over there to believe them. They just believe. They just believe. That's why we go back because they actually encourage me. I actually, it's a reverse missionary trip for me. I go over there to get their faith because sometimes I become too dependent on the things out here, on our riches. But it's not our chariots. It says in the Bible, it's not our chariots and our weapons that fight the enemy. It's the name of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. So if you're sick today, whether you come paralytic in, in your soul, like I was, or if you're physically, do you have a mustard seed of faith that you can lift up? Do you? Then bring it up with you. Let's all stand. As Sister Sonia said, if you're here and you need healing, the healer's in the house. I'm going to ask all of my tour group veterans to please come forward and if you need healing please form a line across the front and we will lay hands upon you and the power of God will bring healing to you just like it did for so many in our crusades from before like what Sister Sonia has been talking about and others too so please come forward if you need healing now's the time to come up don't be shy come on up people are here to pray for you people are here to minister to you the power of God is present to heal amen Thank you, Father.